I only read 19 to the beginning of 21. I wanted to break up that um, section. And I'm losing daylight because I'm reading this in the evening. It's 8.08 p.m. right now. I'm sitting outside. Um, I mean, I could have technically read it, but I was like, man, it's it's getting late. And I've got some other stuff I want to do, too. Um but yeah um very very good section um it goes from talking about um you know examples of how we abuse ourselves and connect towards abuse towards ourselves have a sense of shame and guilt and um there's kind of a connection between that and how worthy or worthless a person feels about themselves how we feel about ourselves and then what we will accept from other people as far as how they treat us uh good or abusively or however it may be um so I thought you know that seemed like a section that is good to kind of um not blend into maybe I mean, it's not really a section, it's just a couple pages, but, um, not really blend it into other, um, topics. Um, I'm pretty sure that it's, it's going to get expanded into more details, but, um, you know, it was kind of, when I was reading it, something that was, that I was getting reminded of is, you know, way back, I used to have this friend that, you know, how, you know, when you have a lot of female friends, it's not uncommon for your female friends to be talking about marriage. Um, and I was in a place where I used to interact with a lot of people my own age. Some people were like a little under 20. Some people were like a little over 30, you know, and like everywhere in between. And so probably about from about the ages of like 18 to like 32, 33 or so, uh, I knew a lot of people in that age range. And so, you know, I knew people in their 20s and 30s who were kind of getting married. And this um, friend of mine was, you know, really nice friend, Um, really great friend. You know, me and this person, you know, I never had a falling out with her. Like, I, I don't tend to have falling outs with people, but I wouldn't say that she was like a hurtful person. Like, she was very thoughtful of other people, very kind, compassionate, um always helping out, always kind-spirited, had a good attitude, funny, you know, just really loving towards people. And I was pretty surprised, not judging her, but just pretty surprised when she was mentioning, like, how, you know, you know, when other people would talk about marriage, you know, it it wasn't uncommon for people to be like, oh, like, are you dating anyone? Like, are you going to get married? And like having these kind of conversations about the future and all this kind of stuff. And, like, what kind of person would you want to date? I mean, that's, like, the age range where people are often talking about these things with people they trust. And so that was a common kind of topic of conversation. And I was a little surprised that, you know, this person kind of felt like they weren't worthy enough to, like, get married. Or, like, who's going to want to, you know, not necessarily, like, who's going to want them. Like, 
not that they thought that they were unattractive or thought that thought of themselves as unattractive or because they weren't or thought of themselves as um like like bad or whatever I don't know what what it was but you know I I was a little surprised just because I was like wow like you know it's easy to think that that everybody kind of has it together you know and it's like wow you know um like not like in a in a like spectator kind of way but like I was just it 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 was kind of a powerful experience for me to kind of hear that person say that um because I I had always kind of thought okay when there's like people who are kind of like really beautiful and seems like their lives are pretty nice and like you know no one really knows all the depths of details of what every single person has going on you know like I started to learn more about them and kind of realize okay maybe their life isn't as easy as it might seem on the surface or maybe you know there's some stuff that you know if I put myself in their shoes I'm like wow I would be kind of hurt by that if I had family members talking to me that way or I would be kind of hurt by that if I had this kind of experience of like some other person getting in my way for that reason or whatever like like I started to realize more and more I was like oh this you know I never thought everyone's life was perfect necessarily but I thought that this person's life like on the surface looked pretty you know um maybe not easy but like pleasant you know it seemed pretty pleasant and so you know I kind of assumed that you know they thought very pleasantly about themselves and very high self-esteem about themselves and very like positive about themselves you know um and I was pretty surprised to know that they didn't think that and you know I mean I I always appreciate when people can like share vulnerably about stuff like that because it's kind of you know like I think that's something a lot of people don't say you know and you know it's hard to like trust people to like say something like that but then it's also very interesting um reading it in the in the book where it talks about that um too it touches on that you know like um how people might not feel that they're worthy and then how they treat themselves you know and this this kind of like um, uh, dynamic between how we treat ourselves and how we allow other people to treat us. And that was, you know, that was kind of the part that stuck out to me the most in those couple pages was when they mentioned that, um, like, how can, how can somebody, you know, like, basically they're saying that, you know, if somebody treats themselves, if somebody treats, if somebody allows someone to treat them even a little bit bad then that likely means that they treat themselves a little bit worse than a little bit bad like because we always potentially would treat ourselves worse than any other person so if you think of the people who treat us the absolute worst we've likely treated ourselves worse than that um and so seeing like from the outside like seeing another person who's maybe in an abusive relationship uh, then they potentially might internally abuse their own selves more than that abusive person is abusing them. Like, I don't really know about that, but uh, I really don't know because everyone's individual. I don't think it's maybe like a one-in-one ratio like that maybe, but I mean, I think maybe it's maybe it's in a way true 
to some extent, maybe for a lot of people, maybe not everybody, but maybe for a lot of people. I don't know if I could say most or what, like, cause I don't know, this is kind of like a new way of thinking about it. For me, it's not something I've never heard before, but it's something that I never thought is maybe more prevalent than it might seem. And especially, you know, like, I'm not going to go on a rant about social media, but um, especially, especially when we have like social media and things like that, like, you know, I remember getting off Facebook because I felt like it was negative. You know, everyone was kind of like talking about politics and all these kind of like intense topics that I was like, these people just ranting and like fighting on the internet. And I was like, Oh, this is, this is a lot. Like, (laughs) like these pastors are going at each other or whatever. But, um, yeah, just seeing like so much, like just people just like acting so hatefully towards each other. But, um, yeah, not just the hateful actions, but, uh, of what they wrote, but, you know, just, just, it wasn't, it wasn't, you know, people weren't being fully like, you know, uh, compassionate on there. Um, and it was fine. That's just, that was just the nature of the, the time that when I was on there, like last, when I was on there more, like more often, it, it just started feeling pretty negative. Like whenever I looked on there, it was just like people complaining about stuff. And I was just like, goodness. Um, and so I was like, eh, grab, I, I kept Facebook, but gravitated more towards like Instagram and, you know, cause I wasn't always active on Instagram, but I started, I'm not like active. I hardly post. I'm trying, I'm trying to post once a month, once every other month. I mean, not even once a month, but once every other month, I'm trying to post if, or maybe once a month, like if I go to an event, I'm trying to post one or two pictures from that event. I don't like it. I don't like it at all. And I don't think I'm going to keep doing it, but it was kind of like, I have weird new year's resolutions. And that was kind of one that I was like, let me test it out. Test the waters. I don't like it. It's, it's too, you know, I feel a certain kind of way. If certain kind of people comment on certain things or what they comment about, or if they don't comment on it, or if different people come out of the woodworks and I'm like, Oh shit. Like, I didn't know they could see this, you know, <laughs> like, I don't like it. I'm just like, what is this? Like, this is too much sharing of too many things with too many people. Like, I don't want to share all that with everybody. Like I wanted, you know, there's specific people that I talk to about this, like certain stuff, you know? Um, like if it's me going to a metal concert, I don't want to share that with everybody. Like I did share it with everybody, but I was like, I don't want to share this with everybody. You know, I want to share it with just a select few of my friends that like metal. Like, why would I want to talk to everybody about it all the time? Like, I know they don't like it, you know? So I don't know. I was, I was pretty, um, I'm pretty, um, like, I don't know. I don't want to post like that on social media, but I know some people love to post. I don't love to post. Um, I love to look at other people's posts. That makes me happy. But I guess what I was trying to say is like, um, looking at people's posts, you know, usually people post things that they like that are happy or something that maybe is like politically, like something they don't agree with. Like, um, I don't technically, you know, repost 
you know, a lot of political things, but with some of the stuff going on with, like, the drag queens and LGBT culture and some of the other stuff going on about, like, like the Dodgers and the Sisters of Mercy kind of, like, situation and now this current thing with, like, Target and, like, the Pride brand, the Pride uh, flag um, branded type of, you know, clothing and stuff like that and, like, all these types of things coming up, I'm like, you know, sometimes I'm like, I kind of want to speak up about this. This is actually something that's important to me. But usually all the other stuff is not important enough to me to make too much effort to really talk about, you know, it's like, um, but I do think sometimes maybe, I'm not saying I need to make like some kind of powerful stance, but it's like, I do think sometimes, you know, people look at my posts, not that they do necessarily, but people might gravitate towards my posts more a little bit some of the times because I don't hardly post anything. So when I do post something, they're like, oh, I want to see what you, what you posted, you know, but I'm not usually interested in posting that much stuff. Um, I'll send individual pictures. I'll blow up people's phones with a bunch of pictures and videos and stuff like while I'm there or like immediately I'm like, I want these people to see this and I'll, I'll send it and share it with them. But I don't like all the sharing of everything like that. Like to me, that's not what I want to share. Um, but, um, you know, um, some people, you know, there, there is not, I wouldn't say, I don't know that many people who I would say, like, at least in my life seem to like attach a lot of their self-worth to social media. But I mean, I remember back in the MySpace days, man, like freaking Tom and one of your top eights. And then you could only have seven friends up there. And the second one of them gets like, dude, one friend called me once and was like, why am I no longer on your top eight? And I'm like, I didn't even know that you weren't on my top eight. Like, how am I supposed to know this? Like, it would cause drama. And I'm like, goodness. Or like, you know, posting on social media. Like before, I used to post on Facebook way back a little bit more often. And then, you know, posting on there. And then people kind of know where you're at. And then they're like, why didn't you invite me? And like, all this kind of stuff. And it's like, you know, like, I, I kind of take that a little personally. It's like, sometimes I want to hang out with certain friends doing certain things. And then with other friends, I don't do those things. <laughs> or maybe I don't want them there. <laughs> like, I think I should have every right to not want everybody in every space all the time. But yeah, like, sometimes it does get a little bit, like, challenging. And, you know, like, it's not even that big of a deal in my life, like, you know. But I do feel a kind of way when I post, I'm like, you know, I don't need to have any attachment or like confusion of like, does this person really like me because they never heart my things? You know, it's like, what? Like, you know, I found myself kind of like thinking like that. And I was like, okay, like that's a little far, you know, like if I would have never posted this thing, I never would have had that thought. Like I never would question you know, somebody's friendship over, over like a Facebook post or like Instagram or whatever, but, um, maybe over other things, but not that kind of stuff. But I don't know, like when it comes to, you know, things like, like topics, like, like worthiness 
and abuse and things like that. I mean, those are definitely heavy topics. It's easy for me to want to make jokes around a whole bunch of other, like, nonsense, but, like, on social media and stuff. But, um, yeah, like, I, I do think that it's hard for people to talk about those types of things. And it's not common. And when I think about it... I think a lot of people are pretty insecure, myself included. Like, I'm not saying, like, I am by any means perfect. I mean, you guys hear me on here. I'm, like, posting all the time about my life. Like, does it sound perfect? I mean, like, it's not, I mean, it's it's good enough, you know? Like, I like it, and, you know, some days are definitely easier than others. Um, I've had quite a few pretty good days lately, but a lot of challenges, but it's, like, it's not that bad. Like none of it's like that bad. Like I still have options around a lot of corners, but some of these options are are kind of, uh, lengthy weights. If you want to call it that, they're kind of lengthy weights. And so, um, yeah, there's a bit of a waiting process with a lot of this kind of stuff. And, um, I don't know, like I'm, I'm, Uh, I'm pretty, um, I don't know, like, I would say I'm pretty inspired by a lot of things, uh, coming from this book so far, like, it's, I'm only a few days into it, uh, into just doing a few pages at a time, and I feel like I, um... I don't know if I ever read this book. Like, I've had it for a really long time. But I feel like if I did read it, I breezed through it and I don't remember it. For some reason, I kept it. Um, Maybe because it's small. But yeah, when I moved, I threw away a bunch of stuff. Even stuff that I was like, uh... Like, I kind of maybe want some of my stuff a little bit, but I was like, it's anything that kept me from having to rent a moving van or whatever was ideal to get rid of. I was like, if I have to make multiple trips or rent another vehicle just to get this stuff to L.A., I don't want it. Like, just get rid of as much as possible to not have to do that. So this was something that I decided to keep. Um... My car is super small, you know, the Mitsubishi Eclipse is super small, so I don't have that much space to be putting a bunch of stuff, so whatever fit in the car was what was going to come with me, and so this book was one of the things that made it uh, to LA, and so, yeah, like, it's, um, it's pretty powerful, like, I like reading, I like reading things in shorter spurts I mean this book you could easily read it in like you could easily read it in like a night you know like it's not that um it's a little heavy but it's not that um it's not like dense reading material like it's the spacing is really good um the margins are really wide um it's you know, it's an easy read, like, physically just reading through it, like, the font is kind of large, um, it doesn't have that many pages, but, um, sometimes I like books like that, to just take them, and, um, 
you know, read sections, like make my own little sections and make it more of a, um, make it more of a, um, kind of like daily reflection, daily kind of like thought kind of thing. Um, but yeah, those are hard concepts, you know, abuse is a hard concept. Um, and so is worthiness, so shame, so is guilt. Um, but I guess what they're trying to say is all of this, all of these concepts are wrapped up into all these concepts and experiences. They're all real experiences, either physically real or like internally real or whatever they may be. They're real, you know, um, and, you know, these experiences are basically, um, Um, being kind of, I don't want to say played out necessarily, because if somebody's being abused, I mean, they're not necessarily, I wouldn't say, you know, that the fault is on them. I mean, the person abusing has fault. They're the ones abusing somebody. Um... And I try to be careful. Uh, my first my first paper I wrote in undergraduate psychology in community college, my first psych paper that I got interested in was about um, um, blaming the victim. And so basically I made these surveys about situation like I don't know what kind of situation I can't remember now but it was something along the lines of a negative thing happening like a scenario where you would read it and it's like some negative thing happens I don't know if it was triggering or not but say it's like you know Tommy and Steve were walking down the driveway and you know Tommy yelled at Steve and Steve pushed Tommy and Tommy slipped and fell and got an injury, um, whose fault, what percentage of fault is it that, you know, one of them, that one guy pushed the other one, what percentage of fault is it that the other guy got injured, like, what percentage of fault is it that the, that the, that the person initially screamed, like, at the other person, like, I don't know, trying to, like, gauge percentages of fault or whatever like it's kind of hard to say like I don't remember if that's exactly how I did it I think there were like two percentages not three percentages but like you had to like either say like who was more at fault or something like that like there was a scenario and then there were other little like multiple choice uh questions on like a it's on like a Likert scale and it would be like um you know is this person at fault like you know, um, you know, like somebody crashes into your, into your, um, car from the back while you're at a light, like at a red light, is that your fault? Is that their fault? Like, like what percentage of fault is it the driver's fault or or the car that got hit? Like what percentage of fault is it their fault or whatever? Like there'd be questions like that on like Likert scales. And then I was comparing, I don't know what I was comparing. I think I think maybe the Likert scale questions were actually related to the scenario question. And then they were like, there was some coding involved for like, 
I don't remember, guys. This is like freaking 15 years ago or something. But um, anyways, just that concept of blaming the victim is something that I try to be careful about. Because that's one thing that I learned about very early on about, you know, how people blame a person who was wrong. Um, now, I'm not saying that every time somebody's wrong, it's never their fault, but like at all. But it's like, you know, I think about like abuse and things like that. It's like, you know, if I'm not blaming the victim, it's very hard for me to see scenarios where it's... um where it's, um, you know, where it's, where there's, like, um, where it's considered appropriate, I guess, for someone to be abusive, like, I, I don't know if that really exists, um, I mean, like, forms of discipline where somebody might think that, um, someone's treating them unfairly, like, I'm not saying, like, abusive discipline, I just mean discipline, like, you know, you know, if if somebody says, like, sends their kid to their room or whatever, and is, like, go to your room and, like, you know, think about that you smacked your sister in the face or whatever, like, and, you know, the kid that gets sent to their room a lot of times might be angry that they're getting punished, you know, but it's, like, I don't think that's necessarily, like, in itself, you know, like, a harsh punishment, like, I'd say if you send your kid to the room, like, for an extreme amount of time, or, like, something extreme, or there's never a conversation, or, like, you're yelling at them and screaming at them, and then they go to the room or something, like, there's scenarios where it could be definitely abusive, but it's, like, you know, I'm not talking about those, I'm just talking about just, like, a common, like, grounding of some form, you know, I don't think that that's, like, considered abusive, really, like, but, you know, kids don't like being, nobody likes having things taken away or being told they can't do stuff, you know, but I think it can push to a point where it's too much, for sure, but I'm not talking about, like, discipline that's, like, you know, trying to teach, you know, and correct certain, like, behaviors through a form of, like, punishment, like, I don't think punishment is always abuse, Um, I don't believe that at all, but I think it's kind of hard to know maybe how sensitive to be towards the person being punished. I think that might not always be too obvious. Like parents or like disciplinarians might think that they're not being too harsh, but if you have a kid that's like super sensitive or has really low self-esteem, or something like that, and they're being punished, I mean, they might get traumatized by something like that, so it's kind of hard to really tell, like, there, people can have completely good intentions, and it still can still be abusive towards somebody else, and then there are people who just outright are out of control, and they just are abusive towards people, and they can't help doing it, even if they do feel bad, or even if they don't feel bad, they do it anyways, Um, and that is completely different. Um, I would never want somebody to think that, like, if they're in a situation like that, that I was saying, like, oh, it's your fault. Um, I don't believe that way at all. I do think there are options for most people to be able to, um, get to a safe 
environment. Uh, it might take time. It might might take a lot of uh, energy, and it might be it might actually be very risky for a lot of people too. Um, you know, and so I, you know, I don't need to go into the scenarios I've come across even through work and stuff, but it's like, yeah, like there's a lot of kind of shady people out there that do a lot of abusive things that, that make it so that other people really can't get what they need. Like, like I had, I had a a family, a family member of one of my clients who was an abusive brother who got a power of attorney to have to be in all the sessions, had ability to be in every session, nurse session, doctor session, therapy session, case management sessions, every single session, had access to this person's money, all kinds of things. And, you know, that person was not the best person to have the power of attorney, as we found out, unfortunately. But, you know, the thing, the situation got resolved, but it's like, you know, it took a while, like, it was, like, months, you know, of having to kind of, like, dodge and weave and, like, bob and weave and kind of, like, do different things and, like, you know, they were still within the law. A lot of times that can be hard, too, is when there's abuse going on and somebody's still within the law, you know, where they they can still harass people or still do these things uh, wrong to other people. And the other person is still being victimized, even if it's something like harassing by emails or, you know, things like that, where it's like it might seem subtle, but it's like it it's still like, you know, triggering to a person, you know. And so it's like you can't easily get someone to stop sending you emails, you know, like they can make however many email accounts they want to make, you know, and say it wasn't them, you know, like I guess it can be traced against eventually, but it's like, you know, like is a victimized person really going to go to court and get all this kind of like detective type work done just to trace that some abusive person is still sending the messages. You know, it's like, that's a lot of effort to have to bring up. I'm not saying don't do it, but it's a lot of effort to have to bring up something, keep bringing it up and talking about it and taking time out of that person's like busy schedule and stuff to like, deal with this kind of stuff and it's like I've worked with people that have had those types of scenarios going on where it's like I would in no way be like oh yeah that's their fault it's like yes there are maybe solutions but it's like taking the solutions isn't that easy either for most people it's not just like hey change the locks move out tomorrow you know I got my own job all my paperwork I'll be good without you you know usually there there's usually more than just that kind of reason that a person's staying like there's usually some other stuff going on too you know that's like more restricting that person and keeping them in a risky vulnerable position to not be able to kind of act the way that they logically could maybe act but it's like there's a lot of fear and a lot of risk and a lot of sometimes it is a dangerous situation and so you know it's not always um yeah, sorry, I don't mean to get, like, morbid, I'm just saying, like, you know, I really want to make it clear that I, I'm not, you know, you know, I try really hard not to, like, blame people for, for their, for things that they have going wrong in their lives, um, but, um, it's kind of, um, um, 
it's a lot to think about, you know, belief systems around those experiences. It's hard to sit with that kind of stuff and just process it and think through it and dig through it and like challenge it. It's not easy to kind of like kind of perpetuate. It's not easy to let it continue, but it's also not easy to try to like get into a practice of kind of like decreasing it more and more uh so you could feel better about yourself like that doesn't feel too normal either sometimes like like I have some friends that you know express that I I wouldn't say that my self-esteem is high uh they don't say that they don't they're not saying my self-esteem isn't high they're not saying that to me but it's like I'm just oh my thought went somewhere weird uh I'm a little I'm a little okay what I was trying to say was, um, you know, um, I've had friends mention that, you know, they don't feel like they have a lot of, uh, high self-esteem, you know, and I don't always feel like I have high self-esteem either. Um, it it just kind of comes and goes. I notice it's like, if I'm, if I'm feeling good, then, you know, I don't really think about it as much. But if I'm not feeling very well, then there's plenty, there's, it's very easy for me to point out plenty of issues going on. Um, so I don't really know, um, like exactly, hmm. like I don't really know, like exactly, you know, if I'm, Uh, you know, I'm not really one to speak on, on this topic necessarily, but it is, it is, it's just interesting to say the least that so many people don't think very highly of themselves. And I, I get surprised when there's people I know that don't think highly of themselves because most of the people I know I'm like, wow, like, there's a lot of things that a lot of people I know have together far better than I do, you know, and I can look around and be like, wow, like, this person really has this area of their life together or that area of their life together. But none of us is perfect. Um, And some of of us, you know, we have flaws that are just like out there in the open. Um, I know I'm a little bit on the eccentric end. And so it's like, I kind of just do what I want. And march to the beat of my own drum. And I think once people kind of get to know me, they're like, oh, you're just kind of weird. Like, I do things weird. Like, I don't care if my car is like 21 years old. Like, I don't care. You know, <laughs> like certain things that like most people would be like, like, I, I definitely do need another car. But like the types of things that most people would probably be like. I'm definitely going to jump on this right away. I'm like, nah, like, I'll just stick it out a little bit and, like, you know, find other options to do other things and fix certain stuff. And, like, I feel like I like the process of learning, you know, sometimes, you know, maybe more than other people might. But it's like I have a lot of hobbies that are a little bit tedious and, you know... I like learning sometimes and other times I'm like, oh, like I'd rather just be creative and like, you know, I get a lot out of it. Um, but I don't really know. 
um, I don't really know what everybody else, you know, I don't know. I do weird stuff. I know that. But people don't stop inviting me out or, like, introducing me to people. So that's why I'm like, okay, I can't be doing that bad because people aren't avoiding me, <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, no, I don't, I don't think I'm... I really don't think I, I do that bad socially. Honestly, I've, you know, I've got, I've got great friends. We're all very patient with one another most of the time. <laughs> um, like, yeah, I'm very lucky to have a great group of friends. Like I, I am just honored and lucky for sure. Um, and I try to contribute to the group, you know, I try not to be just like mooching off of all the goodness and provide you know, quality, you know, in the, within the relationship of the unit and within the individual relationships with people, but, you know, it's, it's not always easy, um, you know, but, you know, it, it doesn't help sometimes too, though, to just think like that. Like, to just think of all the, like, negatives and all the possibilities of things that aren't going right and all that. It's kind of, like, it's very one-sided. Like, when I look, because I've recently had, like, patches of time where I felt like, okay, like, there's so many days where it was just, like, I was just grinding and, like, things didn't feel like they were going right. But even if I look back at a recent exam that I took... It's like, I wasn't ready to take that stupid test. You know, I was probably at my worst, my worst, like, my, my worst functionality. Not the absolute worst, but, you know, I know I'm sharper than how I was in that test. I know I can get better sleep. I know I can be less stressed. I know I can be way more focused. That was not an on day. That was an off day for sure. And I was able to pass the test being so off and the only thing I could think about was like shortly after was man like how how much I let myself get stressed and like you know I've been working on this and trying to work on my stress levels and like maybe it's not working and all that kind of thing when it's like dude I passed the freaking test like I didn't even think to be like good I don't have to do it again like I passed it you know, with all that stress and all that anxiety, I was able to pass the stupid test. And sometimes it's like that kind of idea doesn't come right away. Like I wasn't able to kind of see outside of, you know, the quality that I had expected for myself. Like I expected to like not get like comments about, you know, that I didn't seem very confident in some of my answers. I'm like, I know I didn't seem confident because I wasn't freaking confident, you know, Um, and, you know, but I mean, you know, a little bit, they weren't harsh about it, but I'm like, it's true. Like I could feel it. I knew it. I was stumbling through this test, you know, on an off day and I managed to pass. I mean, that's pretty impressive, (laughs) honestly. Like, I'm not going to like toot my own horn. I didn't do that great, but I did good enough that I don't have to take it again, but I could consider taking it again, if that makes sense. Um, I could probably score higher, but I think I'm ready to just move on. Let's just move on, you know, and not, not go back. Uh, I feel like 
I'll still learn the skills better. Like, I'm still practicing them. And I'm also distracting myself from practicing them by doing projects that take way too long. But, um, they have nothing to do with it. But, uh, I don't know, guys. Like, I guess what I'm trying to say with that is when it comes to reflecting, you know, that can be really powerful to keep reflecting on things if you you know, within your own limitations and your own comfort, you know, like, I'm not saying, like, just keep laser focused on, you know, reflecting on things that bother you, like, you gotta have a break, and you gotta balance it out, but, you know, making time for that kind of stuff, and spending some energy on it, and working through it, you know, sometimes I do notice that when I reflect on things, I'm like, wow, I felt, like, not so good about the way that went, Um, and then I think about it later on, you know, and then later on and then later on, you know, if I notice that there's something that I don't feel like too great about, I notice that over time I'm a lot more understanding with myself about things. I'm like, oh, like it was fine. Like overall, like it was fine. But when it's kind of like raw in the moment of something happened, it's like, oh my God, how could I, how could I have said this stupid thing to this person? (laughs) you know, like, something like that, where it's just, like, oh, my God, you know, like, um, like, how could I have, like, made a joke like that, and it was so insensitive, or, like, something that's, like, you know, even if somebody wasn't, like, outwardly mad at me about something, I can still find myself being, like, like, wow, that was not good enough, and it's, like, there's nothing wrong with knowing, you know, that you have some weaknesses or faults, but it's, like, I think, you know, it makes more sense to put the energy into try to trying to find ways to catch ourselves in in it and you know change where we can and not spend so much effort in the beating ourselves up over it but more effort in actually trying to get right um and thinking through okay how can I actually problem solve to do this differently um like what do I notice is coming up before this happens or whatever like you know if it's something that keeps happening um like I don't know you know um but it can be anything but I think that when I think about it with my mind as it is right now like I'm a little tired but it's like I'm a little focused and a little bit clear too and I feel like thinking about it like right now I do feel a little bit like I can kind of talk about it more easily and more clearly which is one thing I do like about recording in the evenings sometimes I'm way out of it but then sometimes a lot I'm a lot more like thoughtful and in the mornings usually I'm just trying to get on with the rest of my day I'm just kind of like some mornings I'm just like I just need to like go do what I need to do you know um but I don't know I'm I don't know like sometimes it just seems that way um, sometimes it just seems like, um, like, I don't know, it's easy to flow into some weird pattern that just doesn't work. Like, none of us is perfect. We're all going to make mistakes with ourselves, with other people, with all kinds of stuff. We make mistakes. Um, and, you know, we're going to continue to make mistakes. And you know, it's, 
I feel like as long as we're not hurting ourselves or other people, and especially if it's not intentional, and if it's not, like, permanently damaging, then I, I feel like, or damaging in general, like, I think it's okay, you know, we're gonna make mistakes, and some of us will make big mistakes every so often, um, but I, you know, I do think at any level, it's still good to kind of have a type of person to talk to about it, or, like, you know, like, if they're willing, or, like, someone who is good at having, like, deeper thoughts about things, and you can kind of just, like, actually talk to them, even if it's, honestly, like, even if it's, like, some anonymous chat room kind of thing, like, I'm, I don't know, that sounds weird, maybe, but, um, like, Seven Cups, or something like that, like, where it's, like, peer support focused kind of app that kind of helps people, like, process things and talk through things while they're typing it, and, like, I mean, it's not as good as it used to be, but it's kind of okay. Like, the free version, I mean, is kind of okay. Um, just to get your thoughts out sometimes, just to kind of think something through. Um, I've always found it kind of helpful, but sometimes it's not because they're kind of not supportive. I feel like it's not helpful for always having having a supportive ear but it's helpful for kind of like helping you to kind of write things down and kind of see kind of what thoughts come out about it. And maybe if you get a good person on the other end, they'll they'll kind of ask you a few thought-provoking questions that are like deeper than how you've been able to think about it on your own. Like I used to find that app really helpful for that um for just like thinking outside the box more easily uh when I was kind of like either in a negative headspace or something, but I feel like it's not a good, like, emotional support, it's more, like, a good support with, like, trying to, like, emotionally process things a little bit, um, but also, I mean, they do have paid therapy on there, too, um, it's pretty, it's pretty effective, um, as far as, like, texting and typing and stuff if you don't like that kind of thing you probably wouldn't like it but um I think compared to other apps like better better help and those kind of apps you get more than four therapy sessions once uh four therapy sessions a month which is about one therapy session every seven days or so um you usually get kind of more but then it's kind of spread out more um, but I don't know, like, it's kind of, it's kind of like a good app that's, you know, not too, like, formally psychological, but it's kind of very, like, you can pop in, pop out when you feel like it, uh, low commitment, um, you can just use it, like, as needed. Uh, but I would just say, honestly, it's not, <clears throat> in my opinion, it's not the best for emotional support because sometimes the people, you know, they don't know you and they're not like, like for some people, they might find it helpful for that, but I never found it helpful for that. Like I, that's where I felt disappointed with it at times. Um, it didn't really seem like emotionally supportive. It seemed kind of more like supportive for like just running ideas by by somebody like 
It almost felt like, you know, if you had, like, a teacher who was, like, someone that you never really had a class with, but maybe you popped into their class on occasion to, like, talk to your friends after school or something, so they kind of knew of you, and then once you went to that teacher for advice or something like that, like, it's maybe like that, like, kind of like, eh, like, you're not really, like, always interacting with this person, like, they're available, like, because they're on the internet, but it's like, they're not really, like, you know, like, I'm not saying that, like, it's like an attachment, like, to get deeper connected to them, necessarily, but it's like, as far as, like, somebody kind of, like, like, it it seems like there's, like, this emotional disconnection, and just kind of, like, this, okay, they want to get through the chat real quick, kind of thing, like, it's not, like, good for, like, you know, I'd say if you need a friend, that's, you probably should talk to your friends, or, you know, find a space where it's more geared towards that kind of social friendship type of thing, like, connections and things like that, like, it's not too, um, too great for, like, connections necessarily, um, like, I would, I wouldn't say to necessarily go there with that as, like, the issue you have going on and, like, depend on it or anything, um, but I am a big believer in, like, finding methods that work for, like, trying to think through things and, um, get, like, a deeper understanding about certain concepts and experiences for sure. And one thing that's kind of hard to, um, realize sometimes is, like, an experience can be, usually it's, like, we would probably say our experience of the day is, like, when I wake up in the day and how I feel and what I start doing in the mornings and, like, get myself out the door to go be busy and do what I've got to do with the busy lifestyle. And then, you know, once I come home and relax and what do, what do my evenings look like? What do my afternoons look like? Um, how am I spending my time and energy? Um, or what happened to me or what have I happened to? And, you know you know, just kind of what was going on throughout the day, but a lot of times, too, you know, um, a lot of times, you know, it's hard for people to kind of sit with themselves, um, I have a hard time with it, too, I love being busy and not, like, meditating a lot and think, like, those are hard days for me, like, when I have a day like the other day or a couple days like that, where I try to meditate once every hour or so, even if I miss it, it's, like, whatever, but, like, I try to meditate, like, once every hour for, like, a little bit. It's not, like, an hour-long meditation every hour, but it's, like, you know, I try to meditate, like, every hour for a little while and just push past. I try to push past that little part that's, like, all right, it's time for me to, like, stop now, and I try to push a little into that, a little bit, not too much, um, but sometimes I'll push way into it, but usually I I don't try to do it every single time because that would make me not want to do it at all. But sometimes I'll, I'll push past it. And, um, I always hit like a point of discomfort of some kind 
Um, and I know I can push past it and not every, I'm not saying everybody has to, or I don't think I'm better if I do push past it. I don't know if that's even a good thing or not. Like I just do it because I like to see what's going to happen or how I'm going to feel, if it's going to feel different or better or worse or what. Um, I like to do that kind of stuff because obviously that's the kind of thing that I'm interested in sometimes, but it is challenging. It's not like super easy. Um, and meditation, I don't think has to be like a challenge. It doesn't have to be like, Oh, like, yes. Like, <laughs> like I feel the pump, you know, it doesn't have to be like that. It could be like, just, you know, even doing it just to feel relaxed or more focused or like recentered, you know, it doesn't have to be like, like I pushed to my limits, <laughs> you know, but, um, yeah, like, it does help, though, to have, like, different avenues that you can take to kind of process things. Um, that's probably what I would say the most um, is, you know, trying to find ways to take time with yourself. And, you know, I I have trouble doing that a lot, too. Like, I have to, I'll go weeks or days and then weeks without, like, without really sitting still too long, you know, and, like, thinking, and, like, what am I doing, you know, um, I'll do a lot in a day sometimes, um, and I like being busy, too, but it's, like, you know, I do get a lot of joy out of it, I like stimulated environments, but sometimes I like really low stimulation environments, and so, kind of just depends, but, sometimes I need one and not the other and I'd rather stay in the one that I don't want it that I don't need um and avoid the one that I do need so um yeah like like I've definitely got some habits that maybe aren't like the best or making things easier on myself necessarily sometimes but I do actually do other stuff that I think I take I take it easy um on some ends, more than some people, maybe, um, but I don't know, like, I think, um, like, I'm wondering how people might, uh, have, like, different forms of, like, expression about some of these, uh, about some of these experiences, because, a lot of the internal experiences, we kind of avoid having them. We, you know, tend to fill the space with something, something, whether that's TV. Like, I feel like back, maybe not back in the day, but like a little bit back in the day, like the last thing you would maybe see was like the television and then if you had a TV in your room, maybe the television was on when the lights were off. I don't know. Um, or, yeah, maybe there was that. Or maybe you had, um, um, you know, a book. And you were reading the book or the newspaper or something you were reading, you know, before bed. And then the little bit of time before bed is, like, bedtime. But I think most of us were not, at least in, you know, American culture, you know, mainstream American culture, most of us weren't, 
maybe younger generations now, but I feel like most of us weren't raised with like, you know, meditating and things like that. Like it's not part of maybe American culture just from America itself. Like people definitely do it in this country. Uh, I'm on the West Coast, so it's like California, you know, like people meditate. There are hippies here. You know, I've been around different like eccentric types of settings like since I was pretty young and kind of knew that there were some people that lived life in ways that I was not taught about how to live that way or not even in a bad way I'm just saying like I would see them at Venice Beach and like all kinds of people doing all kinds of things that I was like what is this it must be working for them because they're doing it so I was always kind of like interested in other things too as well as what I was being taught but um yeah I do think it is hard to get used to you know spending time with ourselves and a lot of times you know when we're the busiest that's when we need it the most when we're the most stressed that's when we need it the most like I literally like I've been applying for jobs and stuff and I had to like tell myself I'm like it doesn't make sense for you to like keep putting out applications it's like 9 9 p.m 10 p.m it's like what difference does it make like they're not gonna see it any faster necessarily (laughs) like you know like wake up early and do it rather than stay up late and do it you know because it's like I still got a whole day the next day that I've got to like get stuff done um I've got to be alert and energetic to do what I need to do so staying up late isn't gonna help but just stuff like that that it's like it can be little bitty things, but a lot of that kind of stuff really adds up. But, um, yeah, I thought this would be a lot shorter. I rambled a lot, I know. But, um, yeah. Sometimes I want to record something a little bit longer, and sometimes I have more to say. I know I'm not maybe talking exactly about the same topic the whole time in this episode, but, um, these are kind of the branches where my mind kind of goes to like things that are kind of like these other little nodes that are kind of like relevant. Um, but yeah. All right. I'm going to end this recording. Thanks for listening.